Welcome back to this special summer edition of Cooking with an Italian Accent. As promised, today we have a guest that will guide us through one of the most beautiful Italian regions. This region recently filled your imagination with postcard-like maritime views, bowls of trophy al pesto and Vespa rides thanks to the latest Disney Pixar movie, Luca. Yes, I'm talking about Liguria. Today's guest is Enrica Monzani, known online as a small kitchen in Genoa, food writer, soon cookbook author and cooking class instructor in her beautiful hometown, Genoa. I also attended one of her online cooking classes, where I learned to make pesto with pesto and mortar and homemade trofie, the prized local fresh pasta. We talk about Liguria, Cinque Terre and other Ligurian hidden gems, about recipes and anchovies, lots of anchovies, about Genova and its street food. Enrica gave us also a little anticipation about the cookbook she is writing. Mark your calendar because you'll want that book. So now, listen to this episode, join the conversation online and enjoy this little preview of what a holiday in Liguria tastes like. Before the new episode, I would love to thank you for your precious support. I'm touched by your comments, humbled by your feedback, happy to know that this podcast brings some peace, inspiration and practical advice. If you want to stay updated as not to miss a single episode, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share cooking with an accent with your friends. This will help us be more visible so that new people can discover us and share the same passion for Italian food. Finally, remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia, I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now, through my cookbooks and my blog, JulesKitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia and you are listening to the second season of Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode two. Okay, so here we are today with our first conversation with Enrica. Welcome, Enrica. Hello, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here to talk about uh, one of the closest regions to Tuscany and a region that I don't know very well. So it will be a kind of exploration today with you and uh, like traveling from, you know, from afar. But first of all, can you briefly introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. First of all, thank you for hosting me in, uh, in your podcast. I'm uh, very happy with that. Uh, my name is Nerika Monzani. I'm a food blogger and food writer and um, photographer. I am the, I'm the manager of uh, a food blog called Ismol Kitchen in Genoa, where I share uh, recipes from the Italian Riviera and uh, also uh, products and food stories about my region. It is in uh, Italian and in English, so um, it covers uh, all the world, let's say <laughs> that. Um, 
I, uh, through the blog, which is a kind of um, shop window of my uh, experiences, I uh, offer um, food experiences to foreigners here in, uh, in Genoa, where I'm home-based, and in Liguria. So I, I do cooking classes, like you do, and I also organize food tours of Genova and food experiences around my region. It's this incredible. Is, uh, me and my job. <laughs> <laughs> we share many uh, things in common. The blog that is in Italian and English, the food experiences. So we come from a very difficult year. Uh, I mean, everyone was affected, but working in tourism, um, our business was uh, highly affected by the pandemic. Can you tell us uh, a little bit how you faced the, the pandemic, uh, which were your you know, ideas to do new things? Okay, so uh, like uh, probably it happened to you too, uh, the, with the pandemics, uh, my uh, classes had ended suddenly. Yeah, so I remained <laughs> uh, without yeah. a job. Yeah, <laughs> without a job from uh, from just in after night, and so I was a little bit um, puzzled at the beginning. So I didn't know where to go. Uh, I had kids at home, so I had to take care of them for a, so for a couple of months. Is just focus on family and coping with the lockdown. Yeah, and then um, also thank you to you because <laughs> I have to say that I started recording some uh, uh, of my cooking classes and uh, I uh, create this very very small uh, course on Udemy on Italian Riviera cuisine. Uh, like you did actually, but you, you did it more expensive <laughs> than I do, than I did. Um, so that was the first things I did. And then I really missed my uh, cooking classes in person. This is something I, I really miss because I really enjoy my job. So I uh, started giving cooking classes online. Mm -hmm. And I took uh, one in, of them. In, Yes, <laughs> but the, one of the most difficult because yes. we made projects <laughs> yeah. which are not that handy. <laughs> no, <laughs> because, uh, and and pesto, but mm -hmm. but the pesto was incredible. Water. Yeah, so good, so good, smooth and creamy, fantastic. See, see, see. Pesto. If you have a mortar, you have to do pesto with with a mortar. Yeah, uh, with no exception. And so I started cooking classes both in Italian and in English. So I, I offered both. Now I suspended cooking classes for the summer uh, time because I think people prefer going outside yeah. in the sun in the summer rather than staying in front of a screen. Yeah. And they will uh, they will recommence in September, hopefully jointly with my cooking classes in presence. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, our same hope. Uh, yeah. To start yeah. again in September. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So basically, your main theme is the Ligurian cuisine. Um, which are the most important ingredients uh, of your cuisine? Okay, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, that's not fish. Mm. So everybody <laughs> thinks that uh, Ligurian cuisine is a seafood uh, yeah. cuisine, uh, which is not true. Because uh, Liguria, of course, is a um, coastal uh, region, but mm -hmm. it has also a very extended inland. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of mountains uh, and woods. So our cuisine and also the sea of Liguria is not that fishy, not that yeah. catchy. Mm -hmm. So because it is uh, very deep and um, very stormy. So um, catching fish is not so easy. Mm -hmm. So our cuisine is very uh, based on vegetables 
uh, herbs, mm -hmm. which are ev um, aromatic herbs, of course, for giving flavors and uh, taste to the dishes, but also wild herbs, uh, which we call uh, uh, prebujun. Prebujun is a traditional bouquet of uh, different wild herbs picked in the fields. And uh, with that kind of herbs, we prepare a lot of dishes like uh, yeah. savory pies, risotto, um, salads, uh, frittatas. Wow. Very traditional. And then there are some few ingredients that you can find like uh, uh, red uh, uh, threads mm -hmm. along our cuisine, which are salted anchovies, mm -hmm. uh, uh, dried mushrooms, uh, pine nuts, mm -hmm. marjoram, yeah, marjoram. Marjoram, because these are our flavors. Uh, they, we put the, these flavors in every dish we prepare. <laughs> and then, of course, extra virgin olive oil, like yeah. in Tuscan. And we share that. Liguria. Yes, exactly. We, we share, share the same. That. Yeah. We use no butter in our recipes, mm -hmm. but just uh, um, extra virgin olive oil. So yeah. that's a very important ingredient. These yeah. are, I would say, the main uh, uh, ingredients that you can find everywhere in every uh, different cuisines because Liguria has a very huge variety of dishes mm -hmm. because it is divided into valleys. Yeah. And each valley, which goes from the mountain to the sea, has different recipes, different uh, influences from the uh, borders uh, or mm -hmm. uh, and from the other uh, regions uh, yeah. which are at the borders. So there is a very rich variety of dishes in our region. Just like in Tuscany, so uh, first you start talking about Italian cuisine, then you know you narrow your perspective and you talk about regional cuisine. But then, if you look closer to the region, uh, to the regional cuisine, it's possible to find small varieties. So the cuisine of, like for example, for us, it's Florence and Siena and the Maremma, Definitely. and the same for you. So you have the cuisine of Genova, and then you have the cuisine of the different valleys. So it is a never-ending uh, experience of discovery. So uh, that's what makes, true. I think, so Italian true. cuisine so interesting. And then it's, so it's fun. It's really fun to find these little, you know, red threads that uh, connect all the dishes. Um, and uh, thinking about, you know, the dried mushrooms, the, the other day I was trying um, a Ligurian recipe, the Cecin Zimino. Uh, for us is um, seppia in zimino usually uh, or uh, lampredotto in zimino. I never tried ceci, oh. but I tried ceci and I added mushrooms as well. And it was an incredible dish. So, you know, the chickpeas, the dried mushrooms, the chard, uh, so flavorful. It's, it's a vegan dish, basically, but it's yes. so yes. full of flavor. And, you know, thanks to the mushrooms, it's almost like having meat there. So it's yes. incredible. But also yeah. because mushrooms brings a, a very strong umami taste. Yeah, exactly. Like, like exactly. anchovies and like mm -hmm. Parmesan cheese mm -hmm. are those ingredients that we now know that that, that is umami taste. Yeah. And the yeah. ancient didn't know, but they actually use it. But then they knew the, the effect of using them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's fantastic. Uh, so these are the ingredients. So what about the most uh, representative recipes of Liguria? Okay. That's, that's so, a difficult question. <laughs> that's not a difficult question because uh, we, I think that the marketing of our region focused on uh, uh, very few uh, standard recipes. So I, they, we can count them on one hand. So pesto, mm -hmm. first of all, <laughs> the king is pesto. Pesto, which is the, I think, the second most uh, eaten sauce in the world after uh, a tomato mm -hmm. sauce 
which is made with basil, of course, the Genoese basil, which is a vari special variety of, uh, of basil grown on the uh, terraces just in front of the sea. So the sea breeze really influences the taste of our basil, which has no minty flavor in mm -hmm. the, in, in no, yes, no minty in, flavor. So okay. it's, uh, mm -hmm. um, that's the speciality of our basil. So first of all, pesto. Then we have focaccia, our mm. flatbread, uh, which yeah, has nothing to do with the other focaccia around exactly Italy, mm -hmm. because it is very thin uh, with the very deep holes uh, inside, also dimples in mm -hmm. uh, on the surface uh, with a, a creamy sauce inside made with flour, water, and salt, which mm -hmm. mix together and create this cream in, inside the dimples. And it is crispy outside and very moist and tender inside. Yeah. The Genoese focaccia, called Genoese focaccia because uh, it is traditional of, uh, of Genova, but then uh, it spread uh, all over Liguria yeah. and more in the uh, east part of Liguria rather than in the west, because okay. in the west Liguria focaccia is thicker, not mm -hmm. that of, uh, of Genova. And this focaccia, yeah. This focaccia is usually eaten in a very specific way, which is, I think, unique for, for you, for, for breakfast. Uh, we, we have it for breakfast, moped yeah. in cappuccino. Yeah, yeah which is so unusual. It's incredibly good. Um, and then, uh, of course, we, can, we should mention farinata, mm -hmm. uh, which is our uh, chickpea tart. You have it in, in Tuscany yes. too. You we call, call it, it torta di cecina. Torta di cecina or cecina. Yeah, yeah. Or cecina. Uh, but you, I think you spread on top rosemary, uh, whilst uh, uh, no, you use rosemary just with uh, <laughs> just salt and a lot of black pepper, usually. Ah, black pepper. Okay, okay. Uh, so farinata, which is usually baked in uh, wood ovens mm -hmm. and in very big copper pans. Mm -hmm. So that's traditional to find it baked in this way. Uh, then we have focaccia di recco, mm, which is I love not this. A focaccia. <laughs> Nothing to do with the flatbread we mentioned before. It's a, a cheese pie uh, made with a, an, an unleavened dough, very, very uh, uh, thin. Mm -hmm. And uh, inside there is a, a crescenza cheese, which is a melty, soft cheese. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's almost a cheese. Uh, yeah, bacon yeah. In the oven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it is so, it's so good. So it's good. so good. Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, uh, I would say corsetti, mm. corsetti pasta, which is the round pasta with a stamp uh, embossment on it. They are uh, very uh, famous and mm -hmm. you can find them especially in the east part of okay. Italy. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. How are they uh, usually we... dressed? Uh, they are dressed with a pesto made with marjoram and pine nuts. Okay, so two that's of the most iconic they... ingredients. <laughs> Si, si, si. Um, they are that are that is uh, the traditional dressing oh, yes in the in the east mm -hmm. yeah um and then what else i would say that liguria is also the culture of stuffing food so mm -hmm. we love stuffing things we stuff vegetables we stuff meat <laughs> we stuff well uh dough with yeah. uh, our savory pies because we exactly. have pies uh, savory pies, uh, which are just uh, uh, a shell of an even dough with uh, in, in, inside vegetables and eggs and cheese, different vegetables or rice as well. Then we stuff uh, anchovies, mm -hmm. <laughs> we stuff peaches, we stuff onions. So we love uh, 
filling and mm-hmm. stuffing food and uh, in, in very different ways. And ravioli too. Mm-hmm. So he said that ravioli uh, was born were born in in Genova. Mm-hmm. This is uh, probably uh, just a legend, but uh, indeed this is a very historical dish that mm-hmm. we can. Uh, trace back since the 1400s so mm, it's a, wow mm-hmm. uh, it's a very ancient recipe here yeah. in uh, in Liguria and do you have a favorite recipe of like uh, let's say a favorite recipe from the Ligurian cuisine and if you have a different one from Italian cuisine now like for example okay. my favorite recipe from Tuscan cuisine is pappal pomodoro but then if, okay. if I just you know look at the whole Italy I would say Melanzana la parmigiana, eggplant parmigiana, ah. which is my favorite dish in the whole world. So what's in the whole world? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which is your favorite recipe? Okay, my I have two favorite recipes in uh, in Liguria. One is mandilli de sea al mm-hmm. pesto. Uh, mandilli de sea are very very thin lasagna. Mm-hmm. Uh, mandilli means handkerchiefs. The sea means silk, so mm. silk handkerchiefs, uh, which are seasoned with pesto. Mm. And uh, I really love that dish because I think mandili are the perfect shape of pasta for pesto. Mm-hmm. So I really love it. And I love stuffed onions. Mm. Stuffed onions, I would eat 100, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really love them. And as far as Italian cuisine, first place ever lasagnas with mm-hmm. uh, with ragu mm-hmm. and bechamel that uh, that are my favorite mm. dish ever, ever. like a fa- really yes. a family dish, something that you usually dish. make for Not Sundays. Yeah, yeah, that that was my granny dish, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the typical Italian dish that you have, <laughs> but yes, for Sunday lunch, yeah, or for yeah. the occasions for birthdays. So that exactly, is- that's why probably we love this dish so much. It, just for me, lasagna is the same. You know, something that will be made just for special occasions, not on a daily basis. And so you you just mingle the taste, the actual taste, and all the memories, and the, the memories. traditions, the family. So they become you know favorite dishes since the childhood so that's why they're yes, so good yes, yes, yeah yes. yeah I, I perfectly agree uh and now uh so we so you said you are from genova mm, have you ever lived there yes i am uh, born and raised in genova mm-hmm. uh, where i also studied and start working Actually, I started working as a lawyer. Oh, really? <laughs> and then I changed, yes, I, I practiced for 15 years as a lawyer here in Genova. And then I, I changed my job and my career. So now I'm living my second life <laughs> here. <laughs> that became the, your first life. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> and, um, and so, yes. I, and I really love my, my city. So I lived abroad for a few months mm-hmm. during the university and for studying the languages, but uh, then this then you, is, this is that, that's, that's home. That's your you know, favorite corner of the world. So maybe you are the perfect person to tell us um, what to do for a day in Genoa. So what should we see? And most importantly, what should we eat for a day in Genoa? Okay. Yes. Okay. There are a few things that, well, Genova has a lot of things to see. So you can stay in Genova even three days. Mm-hmm. So this is a very, very rich city, rich in history, because Genova uh, was indeed a very important uh, city, especially during the medieval ages. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we have uh, many things to see. But just in one day, I uh, would suggest uh, to uh, visit the aquarium, which mm -hmm. is incredibly nice. And, uh, and then uh, you have to visit also the lighthouse, uh, from which you can have a wonderful view of all the port area, and you can uh, appreciate the city from the sea to the, to the mountains, to mm -hmm. the hills. Uh, then you have to walk Sottoripa, which is actually uh, uh, down the quay. Mm -hmm. That was uh, the uh, original uh, quay where the, uh, sea, where the city ended and the sea started. And there is a, this long system of porticos uh, where there are a lot of small shops, uh, eateries, uh, uh, food shops. Uh, so this is very nice also because it remains unchanged uh, in the last uh, 1000 years. Oh, really? Wow. So uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's uh, very uh, nice to see. And then you, of course, have to visit the historical center, uh, which is one of the widest historical centers in Europe. Wow. We have all these uh, narrow alleys called Karuji, mm -hmm. uh, where there are lots of historical shops still remain unchanged. Uh, many of them are food shops. So there are some small gems here and there that really um, uh, deserve a visit. And I will tell you after this. <laughs> uh, then at the top of the historical center, there is Via Garibaldi, which is uh, which was the nobles, the streets of the nobles, mm -hmm. and it is an astonishing street with uh, all these uh, big palaces, uh, one close to the other, and they are incredibly uh, rich inside. There are a lot, many of them are museums, mm -hmm. and uh, you can get inside and see there are a couple of shops also inside these uh, palaces. And you can get inside and appreciate how rich was the life of the Genoese nobles, merchants, uh, yeah. and, um, and so forth. So Via Garibaldi really deserve uh, a visit also inside the palaces. This is also a UNESCO patrimony. Uh, then you from Via Garibaldi, you can uh, go a little bit uphill mm -hmm. and uh, or you take an elevator, uh, a public elevator, which brings you to Spianata Castelletto, which it, Castelletto is a hill just clinging on the historical center. And there is this big square called Spianata uh, just facing the historical center. Mm -hmm. And from there, you can see all the roofs of the, of the city and the sea, of course, and the port, and the view from there is amazing. Oh, yes. But if you want to, if you have some more time, you can also take the, the funicular railway, which brings you even at a higher stage of the city at, uh, at the top of the hill of Rigi. And from there, you can see all the Genoa Gulf and uh, not only the historical center, but also the, uh, uh, other ends uh, mm -hmm. of, uh, of the city because Genova is a, a tongue of land between the sea, squeezed between the sea and the mountains. Mm -hmm. So it is very uh, short and, and long. So you, and you are right. Island. You need three days to experience, at least three days to experience all these, but you know, if aspects. You walk quite, <laughs> yes, but if you walk fast, okay. you, can, uh, you can see many stuff. Also, uh, if you go with the funicular railway on, uh, at the top in Rigi, there there is a very nice restaurant called Montallegro, 
mm -hmm. uh, which has a, an astonishing view of the city and also very good Ligurian cuisine. So mm -hmm. that's a nice place to go. Yeah. Um, and then if you have time, you have to visit Bocadasse. Mm -hmm. Bocadasse is a, a fisherman village inside the city. Oh. So it is uh, four kilometers out of the city center. So you can reach it um, walking or with a taxi. And it's like being in Cinque Terre. Wow. <laughs> so if you are not without being in Cinque Terre, without being in Cinque Terre, because the you have the, these small fisherman houses, colored with the uh, boats on the beach. It is very very Ligurian style. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, and it's a very nice place to go. And also to have something to eat because they sell focaccia formaggio, mm. they sell focaccia. So Boccalasse is, uh, there are a lot of uh, small restaurants, uh, so it's a must go. Also, uh, I suggest it in the afternoon mm -hmm. for an aperitivo on the beach. Wow. That's the perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. So we end our day in Boccalasse. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and if you have to visit some uh, shops or what you have to eat in Genoa, mm -hmm. of course, focaccia, but you mm -hmm. can find it everywhere because uh, all the bakeries are, uh, uh, bake focaccia three, four times a, a day because focaccia is good when it is hot. Mm -hmm. So the day after is not good anymore. Okay. Uh, it's good hot uh, and, and that's it. And buy it and eat you, it. Yes. And you have to eat it with the surface re, on, on your tongue. So uh, ah. upside down. Oh, really? That's I didn't important. know this. You, mm -hmm. Yes, because you have to uh, feel with your tongue the surface of focaccia, which is saltier than mm -hmm. the bottom. Okay. That's how we eat focaccia. <laughs> uh, yes. And then uh, you have to visit Romanengo. Mm -hmm. uh, Romanengo is the oldest uh, confectioner shop uh, in Italy. Mm -hmm. And they are specialized in processing sugar. And they have uh, all this production of candies which are uh, uh, very old style candies. So it really deserves a, a visit because they, um, everything they produce is fantastic and everything is produced handmade. Wow. And also the shop remained unchanged in the last two centuries. So uh, it's, a, it's a very charming place to go. And there you have to shop some uh, candies and bring them home because mm -hmm. this is something you cannot find elsewhere in Italy. Okay. I would say in the world. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and then uh, if you want to eat some traditional Genoese food like farinata, savory pies, uh, fritters, uh, we uh, used to eat uh, um, these small fritters called uh, kukulli mm -hmm. or fricheur, which are... Uh, um, this is a leavened dough scooped inside the oil and fried, so there's more balls. You have to look for uh, those eateries called shamadde. Mm -hmm. That's the traditional uh, name, where they have big wood ovens. And uh, in those big wood ovens, they bake farinata, focaccia, savory pies, and they have also big uh, pans of oil for frying stuff. Wow. And you can find them scattered here and there in the city. It's dangerous. Chikorifa, dangerous to get inside because <laughs> you could yes. eat the whole day. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes, definitely, definitely. Many things to eat. Yeah. And so... I also, for a, for a foodie, mm -hmm. I also suggest a visit to Mercato Orientale, mm. which is our indoor market. Uh, 
very quite similar to San Lorenzo market mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in Florence. Florence, though smaller. And uh, it, is a, it is a very nice. And also they have a food square, what they call food square, with a lot of small uh, food stalls where you can buy traditional things to eat. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that fantastic. Very nice. So you really need three days to, to experience See, at, least at least try everything, taste everything. Yeah. But you mentioned Cinque Terre and that's something that, you know, uh, comes often when you talk about mass tourism and the dangers for uh, these, you know, unique places in Italy and also everywhere in the world. Uh, so according to you, which is the most respectable and sustainable way to experience Cinque Terre? First of all, I would suggest to experience them out of season. Mm. That's the perfect way to experience them because, of course, there are many less tourists than uh, during the summertime. Uh, April, May are perfect. The sea is fantastic. So you you can also have a swim Mm -hmm. if you want. And the temperature is uh, fantastic, not too hot. But also you can uh, visit Cinque Terre in September, October for the grape harvesting mm-hmm. because Cinque Terre is uh, famous for their wines. And, uh, and, and so that's, I think the, those are the best period of the year to, to visit them. Then if you don't, if you have just your vacation during the summertime and you have to go there from <laughs> June to yeah. August, I, I suggest to stay in Cinque Terre. So find uh, an hotel or a bed and breakfast, uh, agriturismo inside Cinque Terre, one of the five Cinque Terre, but to uh, spend the day in the surroundings of Cinque Terre. So take a boat and go outside. Visit Genova, visit Portofino, Camogli, Porto Venere. So go elsewhere during the day when the crowds arrive. Mm-hmm. And then you can enjoy the villages at night uh, from 7 p.m. until uh, 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning, there are less tourists because tourists arrive with the boats yeah. uh, at mid- in the middle of the morning and then go, they, at, for the evening they go away. So you have to enjoy that part of the, of the day when the, at the, how do you call it? The people just, the day tourism yeah yeah the day tourists arrive I think that is the best way to enjoy those small places that's that's how I suggest to visit San Gimignano for example we are very close to San Gimignano and usually after the cooking classes when people want to go and experience San Gimignano I say wait until 6 p.m and then if you go there 6 p.m all the you know the mass tourism comes in San Gimignano with the buses, they're already leaving. And so you can enjoy San Gimignano from 6 p.m., 7 p.m., having dinner there. And also in the early morning when uh, people still have to arrive to San Gimignano and it's beautiful, you can have breakfast there and there are just the locals, really. So yeah, staying there for, you know, late afternoon and night, early morning is just perfect. Very early morning, uh, those are the very, the best hours in the day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's more than Cinque Terre in Liguria. So where would you go for a day trip or for a long weekend? So we are curious about hidden gems and unique experiences you can make in Liguria. Okay, there are many things to see in Liguria, of course, and not only Cinque Terre. So uh, excluding Genova, <laughs> we, of course, <laughs> we have already talked about Genova. I love the inland of Chiavari. For example, Chiavari is a very small city 
not a village, that's like a city uh, in the west, in the east part of Genova. And the inland is astonishing. Mm -hmm. There are uh, these uh, valleys which brings to Valdaveto, and Valdaveto reaches very high um, altitude. So they also used to ski in mm -hmm. Valdaveto. And so that is mountain. And uh, if you go uh, there, you can, of course, uh, uh, um, hide do some trail mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, walk. And you have a lot wonderful uh, uh, path to, to enjoy. And uh, you can also visit a lot of farms, uh, sheep uh, cheese makers, uh, uh, honey makers. Uh, um, so these are very enjoyable as, mm -hmm. uh, as a country, very enjoyable countryside also because there, there is very few tourism there and uh, it is very authentic and genuine. So the back country of Calgary, I, I really love it. As well as I love the back country of Imperia mm -hmm. and uh, Sanremo. So we are talking about the western part of Liguria, close to the fence border. Uh, there too, there are fantastic hidden gems uh, and small villages like uh, Triora, Dolce Acque, Apricale. Those are ancient villages uh, uh, and the tourist there is very low. So you can uh, enjoy uh, the beauties and the authenticity of our region. They mm -hmm. still are uh, very, very authentic. Uh, then there is also the finale area, uh, which is very nice from the um, natural point of view. They are famous for uh, climbing and biking. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the uh, capital of climbing in Italy, but the, oh, really? also in Europe. Yes, there are a lot of uh, ways for, uh, for climbing. A lot of people, also, especially from Germany and the Northern Europe, comes to, uh, to climb in, in Finale. And the inland and the mountains there are fantastic. There are in incredible landscapes uh, and woods uh, and caves, so incredible. Um, and what else? Uh, Noli and Spotorno. Noli and Spotorno are very small villages on the seaside, west of the Italian Riviera, so opposite to, to Cinque Terre. And uh, they are very, very quiet and nice out of season, even better. Mm -hmm. And also Portofino Santa Margherita. Okay, Cinque Terre uh, is famous and then Portofino is famous as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Portofino used to be crowded during summertime, uh, quite as, as, as well as Cinque Terre. But in out of season, uh, I think it is one of the most astonishing places in the world, especially the route from Santa Margherita, the road from Santa Margherita to Portofino. Uh, the, the so-called Paraggi Gulf, Golfo di Paraggi. Uh, it's uh, from the naturalistic point of view, it's mm -hmm. incredibly nice. And also the mountain of Portofino for hiking and uh, for walking uh, is, uh, is amazing. Now I want to leave immediately, <laughs> like now, <laughs> because I really I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know Liguria. Uh, I've been to Genova just for a few hours once. And I've been to Imperia uh, years and years ago for work. And that's, uh, and I've been to Chiavari uh, twice because uh, I had a friend living there and my cousin, she got married in Chiavari. 
uh, that's all I know about Liguria. And now I really want to travel to Liguria and experience the low season, especially, which is when we can travel. Uh, so really, and Genova, I really miss to see Genova because now I'm curious to see all the little shops and, and buy authentic original food. Yeah. Oh, speaking of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Already had a guide. <laughs> Well, speaking of, you know, buying uh, authentic uh, food from Liguria, uh, which edible souvenir would you suggest uh, to bring back home? Okay, um, I have already mentioned Romanengo sweets, if you are in Genova. Uh, of course, uh, it is difficult to, to travel with pesto, mm -hmm. but at the Genoa airport, they sell canned pesto, uh, which is made by a very good... Um, producer here so there are no preservatives uh, and you can uh, ship it on board the, the plane so it is a good option if you uh, then consume it at home uh, quickly or freeze it immediately uh, and then I would suggest to buy some cookies traditional cookies uh, like canestrelli mm -hmm. which are our traditional cookies with the flower shape and a hole in the middle and uh, um, what else we have some um, very good um, chocolate shops in Genova, uh, and you can um, uh, and you can buy like Viganotti, and the, and you can buy some chocolates from them. Or um, okay, I don't I know that nobody loves them, but also salted anchovies. No, I love them. Uh, I love them. <laughs> I, I know in other in other countries maybe mm. this is some it's a tricky ingredient, but here we have. Uh, some very good producer of anchovies, especially Monterosso. They are famous for uh, their anchovies and the uh, production of salted anchovies. And that is something that, of course, you can uh, keep in your uh, luggage and uh, keep for a while. And if you have so good salted anchovies, that really is a game changer in your dishes. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I would say that these are the, the things that you can buy and bring. Ah, no, and a pandolce. Mm -hmm. I forgot that. <laughs> pandolce is our traditional uh, Christmas cake, though it is produced all, uh, all year long. And it is a leavened bread with uh, raisin pine nuts and candied fruit inside. It, it uh, uh, lasts for a very long time. It actually traditionally was conceived for traveling uh, and being uh, uh, given as a gift to other uh, countries authorities for example mm -hmm. for uh, from the ambassadors so and, and that is uh, our traditional cake and you can bring that home oh, wow yeah. so now we are basically covered we know where to go we know where to eat and what to eat what to bring back so i have a last question uh, could you suggest as a cookbook about ligurian cuisine uh, a cookbook in English, um, there are few uh, or very old cookbooks in English. There is one called The Recipes from Paradise from Plotkin, Plotkin uh, which is a Bible of Ligurian <laughs> cuisine, but it backdates 40 years ago. And then there is another one uh, from the ter terroir uh, uh, collection called The Food and Wine from Italian Riviera. This is also... Um, uh, an aged uh, mm -hmm. book, but I'm happy to share with you this big news mm -hmm. that I'm working on my cookbook. Oh, really? On, oh, really? That's uh, a good news. <laughs> yes, I signed with the publisher and I'm actually 
cooking and shooting the, <laughs> the cookbook. Ah, and so exciting. In Italian and English. Yeah. That's perfect. And that's perfect. And it will be, it will, it will come out in uh, hopefully April 2022. Oh, that's perfect. So for the new season, for the new yes. season, and yeah, you'll be ready season. for the cookbook. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Yes, because yes. we really we really miss uh, a cookbook about Ligurian cuisine, like a new cookbook. So I'm really excited for this, really excited for you, really excited to have the book uh, and to cook from the book when it will be possible. Oh, fantastic. That's, that's yes, good yes. news. I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but yes. luckily, you know, in this year without classes, that's perfect. Something to work on a new project. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So thank you so much because this has been like traveling really. Uh, so I, I know that you are incredible when you do cooking classes and food experiences. And I think everyone could understand why because you made us travel uh, in this you know, <laughs> half an hour, one hour together. And so I'm sure that now everyone is trying to book uh, a flight uh, to Liguria and now they know where to go. And be sure to book everybody, a class with Enrica. Yeah, be sure to book a class with Enrica uh, or a food experience. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I Welcome, leave, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I will leave all the details to your Instagram page and your blog on in the Instagram in the podcast show notes, so uh, they will be able to find you online and uh, book an experience with you. So thank you, Julia. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. much for this thank conversation. you. <laughs> thank you. See ciao. you. <laughs> ciao. Ciao.